0: Hello, and welcome to the Student Ministry Conversations Podcast with your hosts, Brent Aiken, David Pruitt, and Russell Martin. This podcast is all about equipping, encouraging, and inspiring youth pastors weekly with topics that are brought to the table by youth pastors from all over the world. And now, here's your host for this week, Brent Aiken. Hey and welcome to the podcast if this is your first time listening to us we want to welcome you and invite you over to our website student where you can find all of our previous episodes show notes and blog articles our goal is that you are inspired encouraged and the things that you hear on this podcast can equip you to be a better student pastor for the church that you're serving in now today we are sitting down with Colin little. And Colin, uh, I don't, man, I don't want to steal your thunder. So why don't we just start off with telling a little bit more about you? Where are you? Uh, where do you serve as a, uh, at a church and, uh, man, what's your heart?
1: All right. Well, we're down in Florence, Alabama, been serving, uh, served the last eight years in full-time ministry. Now we are traveling, uh, and doing that kind of ministry fill in, helping, helping student ministries, helping churches, whether it's transition or, uh. Whether it's actually, hey, we need a vacation or a fill-in or last uh, January, we actually had a pastor passed away or a preacher, pastor, whatever word we use, he passed away suddenly. So they needed somebody to help them during that time. They were finding another one. So we've been kind of leaning towards that and just helping churches in that capacity after we stepped out of full-time ministry last July. so
0: That's awesome. And so you say we, so you're married. Yeah, we've been married uh, come nine
1: years, come September. We've been together eight years, come like this last April. So God bless me with a really great partner that she's probably like, oh, you need a hush or something, you know?
0: Hey, it, it tends to work out that way. Uh, they they help out a lot. So that's awesome. So you uh, that could be a topic in and of itself, though, the whole like kind of ministering for churches that are in transitions and stuff like that. Um, and that might be a conversation for another day, but, um, the topic that you wanted to talk about today was it's okay to not be okay. Or basically understanding the fact that like, just because you work at a church, it doesn't mean that you have to be like all put together all the time. And so can you speak into your heart for this for a minute? Why is this something that you're passionate about?
1: man i really think it goes around the, the saying or the idea that we don't have to put on that front or put on that mask even as ministers and just act like everything's okay because honestly there's times where each of one of us are going to be struggling with something you know it could have been uh like my wife and i are walking through infertility right now you know we 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 need to lay that down in front of our leadership or, or if you're struggling with hey last february my mom passed away and uh i'm sure i was struggling with grief still navigating those things but it could be the loss of someone. It could be a relationship you're struggling with, or it could be, uh, there's just so many things, you know, either life or, or Satan, or even, you know, we've seen so many ministers, pastors, and others take their lives because of depression, anxiety, or stress. Uh, we lost an elder in 2019 to suicide because he took the heart, the problems of the church to heart, those things like that. But the reality is it's, it's okay to not have a good day. But it's also okay to not be okay, like you're saying, my friend.
0: Yeah, no, totally agree. And I think there's a lot of danger, as you mentioned with that. There's um, i I mean, obviously, it's pretty easy to spot the stigma in churches when it comes to thinking that the pastoral staff or ministry staff or whatever you want to say is um, Kind of like this group of perfect people that kind of just float above the church as the church does their things, and it's like that's not the case at all. And a lot I've seen a lot of churches do this well where they, um, kind of are like, Hey, we're gonna be out front with this, like, we are not different than you, like, we struggle with the same struggles, we are the same people, we have the same hobbies, the same passions. We just literally want to point people to Jesus all the time. Like that is what we want to do for our career, for our profession. And somehow or another, the stigma kind of just stays. Um, and the stigma is a big, um, big kind of downer on the church today because there's so many expectations that fly out about it um, that really is just not healthy for anyone at the end of the day because there's so much stuff going on. Um, and so why do you think, I guess, in your own words, why do you think uh, there is such a stigma or um, kind of such a bad rap on having uh, mental and physical and emotional and even sometimes spiritual damage um, among leaders in ministry?
1: I, I kind of think because the it, it oftentimes feels like sometimes a leadership doesn't want that to be the thing or other people may want to be like, oh, well, we don't need to have our top tier people going through these things or letting everybody know we need to keep this on the down low or hush. So it's kind of those struggles. And it's also just, uh, like you're saying, uh, th- sometimes it's like, I want to be on a level playing ground. I don't want a- people to feel like uh, the is there or things like that. But true reality is the only people we know of that were ever perfect were Jesus and that God served, we serve a perfect God. But other than that, we're going to fall, we're going to falter and we're going to go through things. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it says that Paul says it pretty clearly in Romans that like we we all fall short. And so I do think that that's a very, very important thing to think of. Um, and so obviously there's things that we can work on um, and I, we're going to get to that in a little bit, but I guess, how do you, how do you go about addressing this? I guess, from the, from the instance in the realm of student ministry, how do you go about um, creating in an environment That allows students to understand and grasp and even parents and volunteers grasp this mindset that like, hey, like you're the same person as everybody else. We're all in this together kind of boat. We just have the opportunity to be leading and equipping y'all to do the same work. How does how do you create that environment of uh, understanding where they don't have that stigma?
1: Well, I mean, we all know that, you know, Jesus took 12 outsiders to change the world. So it's like the reality is we're going to take, uh, we we need to just meet, build relationships with each family or each student and just just uh, allow that opportunity for those relationships to grow to where we're able to actually say, hey, some of them are checking in on us or say one of those families goes through some kind of struggle or son or daughter's going through something as well. Maybe it's those opportunities where we help them through that. But then reality is they know that we're going to be walking through some kind of valley or we are, and they're ready to do that too. It's, it's all about being able to fight our battles together and not really think we've got to be separated or, or distant, I guess. So,
0: yeah, no, I, I definitely see that and hundred percent agree. And the thing is, is I think, especially when you're going into the realm of talking with students and leaders, that are within your program, even the parents is like, you got to be open and transparent when you are having a bad day. Um, Because like, you can't just shut it off at the door and be like, Hey, you know, like, this is, this is awful, but no big deal. Kind of thing like that. Like, I'm just going to hide it when I walk into the building because when they see you being open and authentic and raw, that hopefully will just inspire them to do the same because there's going to be days, whether it's a high school or, going to school. That's like, man, today was just miserable. It seemed like everything I did, I failed. All of my tests came back this to today and it was all bad. My parent, I got home and my parents were mad at me for doing, I mean, like, and just the list goes on and on. We have to have this opportunity for conversation where they are open to sharing their struggles too. Um, but in order for them to feel comfortable and welcome, we kind of have to share ours as well. Um, and I think that's a really, really big, important part. And then also parents need to understand that like, that's a reality as well. um, Because I think that it opens up a lot of doors for mentor, like for ministry moments with parents as well, when you have those opportunities for being open and authentic and raw. So um, obviously we need to be painting and creating that environment where it, like you said, it's okay to not be okay. Um, And I think that's a genuine and important part of ministry, the authenticity and like everybody being pointed to Jesus, but how outside of obviously like working out those, um, things with, within our own spiritual battles and turmoils and like, um, being obedient to what God has put on our hearts and our plans to work through those issues as well. Cause you talked about a bunch about like, um, loss in the family and stuff like that. We have to do our own grieving and our own coping and Jesus plays a big part in that, but how can we work also just to help ourselves realize this reality of like, Hey, I don't have to be perfect because I think there's a lot of pastors and like you mentioned, there's a lot of pastors and elders and uh, just ministry leaders that literally, I mean, uh, for lack of a better term, kill themselves over the pressure of what ministry can be if it's not done um, in a healthy way. And we've done a couple different podcasts over this topic of just like having this healthy mindset when it comes to ministry but how can we work to help ourselves towards this reality of like being authentic and open?
1: Man, I, I really think it all comes into play. You know, we all know that, I mean, my wife and I are in talks with a part-time youth ministry here locally, hopefully, and going to talk with them. But our mindset is there men or women who ever lead these ministries, uh, we're thinking, okay, youth ministry is not part-time. This thing's not part-time or whatnot or any kind of ministry. But we have to be able to step back at times and be able to say, hey, I've got other people that are helping in this role to where we can actually develop even more. Because it'd be great one day if it's not just all about the ministry of Brent or ministry of Colin, but it's the ministry of what Jesus built with the other parents, other adult volunteers, and even other students that may have been those role models to help build that authentic- authenticity and that true, real moments. We uh, we shared that song uh few years ago uh loving my jesus by casting crowns and you know it says showing my scars and that was the moment where i was just open and honest i said guys i'm struggling and i'm breaking down and i know y'all are walking through something too and it's just those moments where you be you be real and you you honestly cry or you honestly break down and say hey what are you struggling with because i'm struggling with this And and it's those opportunities too where we have to somehow convince parents it's okay that your child's going through this i want to walk through it with you or yeah. it's okay that you're going through something let's walk through it together i'm not just oftentimes you know as youth ministers or youth pastors we get overlooked because oh well you're too young or you're not old enough to understand but the reality is we're trying to help all family units or even adults older than us or even young adults so
0: yeah no and i i actually read something on facebook today Um, that was really, really good and, and kind of correlated around student ministry. Um, but it was something that basically said, you know, we have to get off of, um, we have to get off the mindset that youth ministry has to be a defensive game. Um, Greg, Greg Steer posted it yesterday on Facebook. Um, and it said, uh. It said, the church plays way too much defense when it comes to dealing with teenagers. We rant and rave about the drugs, depression, social media, and violence that are ravaging our youth. And yes, these are critical issues that must be faced head on and dealt with. But as the church, we often forsake playing offense when it comes to youth ministry. It's not just about taking the vapes out of their hands or the smartphones out of their rooms. It's calling them to be something bigger, something better, and something biblical. We must help our teenagers grasp the glorious reality of the gospel that salvation is more than a ticket to heaven it's a train ride through life that reveals their true identity belonging and purpose in Christ. We must inspire them to be used by God to change their agents on their campuses and ambassadors of Christ in their communities. We must treat teenagers in our churches not as a youthful not as a youth room full of apathetic narcissists waiting to be entertained. But as a missionary force waiting to be unleashed, um, and man, what what a that kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. The mindset of like, when we have these moments where we can be raw and authentic with them, we're not just showing them that hey, we have problems too. It's okay. It's showing them that hey, I'm struggling with this, but this is the direction that I'm walking. I'm walking to Jesus. Join me. Kind of thing like that. And I think Paul said that really, really well as well. I mean, follow me as I follow Christ. It's like, I'm I'm not anywhere near close enough to be like, y'all follow me. But like, we have to get to that realm of understanding to where like, yeah, it's okay to hurt. I'm hurting too. I'm struggling too, but let's walk to Jesus together. And so uh, very, very important. And I, I love what you, what you said in that. Um, there's a lot of truth. When it comes to the mindset of going and just having that mindset of um, wanting to walk through it together. And I think a lot of parents appreciate that too, um, because parents want to see the real you just as much as the kids do. Um, And oftentimes, when you have those real, authentic moments with students, they open up tremendously more um, because they're like, oh, well, you're being real with me. So I guess I can be real with you. So, how can we recognize? um oops sorry how can we work towards bettering ourselves through the process of recognizing that we're not okay so obviously we're like you have to make that realization of like you're not perfect you're you're you cannot hold that role of perfect youth pastor or perfect ministry leader what as long as you're in ministry so you've recognized that so how do we work through um that process to better ourselves in the long run
1: Man, I feel like there's a certain ounce of accountability, but there's also we don't need to get ourselves on that pedestal or hold us to such a high, high standard. Maybe level the ground with the other leadership you work with and be like, okay, maybe, hey, you want to hold me accountable this week or I'll hold you accountable. Have someone else to do that. Or maybe it's someone you, uh, maybe a mentor or a friend, and it's a weekly kind of check in or every other week to be able to be like, okay, well, I'm not comparing myself or I'm not falling into the trap that Satan wants us to have to compare myself to another ministry or I'm not doing enough or this or that, but maybe it's reality that, Hey, uh, leadership, let's talk together and let's say, Hey, what can I do efficiently and do it well for the students, for myself, for my family and for the families we're working with. So.
0: Yeah, no. And I think there's importance in that. And I think also like staff's coming to the understanding of like, Hey, you need a day, like go, go take a day and be with your family. Or if you're single and listening to this, go take a day and just like have a, have a moment to yourself where you can kind of rewind and relax and recharge and all of the things that you need to do, but not just leave it at that and say, Hey. I'm going to check in on you. Like you just said, that accountability is super, is super important, especially when someone is struggling um, because a lot of people, and I'm just as guilty as anybody else. Um, when I'm going through different scenarios, I had a bunch of family members pass a couple of years ago and they were within like eight months of each other. Um, it was just like, all right. Yeah. Like that, that's stunk. that I got to move on kind of thing like that. And, but people kept asking like, Hey, like, are you really okay? Like you, This has been a lot. Are you really okay? Are you really okay? And I was like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Like kind of thing. But the more they asked, the more it allowed me to just process the mindset of like, am I okay? People keep asking me. And if people keep asking me, obviously the thing that I'm saying doesn't seem legitimate or doesn't seem realistic, so what what do I need to look at internally here? And so having those accountability partners is super important because it does give you the mindset of even if you're trying to push through and be perfect, if someone keeps asking you the same question, eventually it's gonna click um, and you're gonna spend more time on that. So um, I think this is an interesting route for just a second and I'd love to hear you talk about it for a little while. Um, Obviously, you've had from doing youth ministry um, in a church where that was your primary goal and primary job to doing transitional ministry to potentially doing bivocational um, here in the next couple months, which we hope that works out. Um, What is the most challenging obstacle that you have found as you have walked this personally? And I'd like to see this from a two-sided approach, what you're doing now and when you were as full-time of youth ministry that you've been.
1: I guess the the balance, as, as most of us face, is like, okay, am I doing enough in our minds, or are we not doing enough for the students, versus what parents and everybody else see that we're doing enough, but yet we think we're not doing enough, is what I struggled with in full-time ministry, and then now it's like stepping back uh, from that full-time role, and the peace that God provided, it was almost like parents were like, you we did so much for my students, God, all right, we sowed the seeds and God provided the baptisms uh, further on. We've seen in the last few months now and just over the last year, we've seen that. And then the transitional ministry that we've been doing, filling in and things, it's given us opportunities to go back to congregations we served in the area with, help them uh, with things or just fill in or just get to check in on people. Like we're saying, uh, you know, some people have been through something or, or something they're walking through and just. I mean, we all went through COVID. We all went through the, through those things. And meeting with the uh, with one of those churches, uh, I just preached this sermon. Maybe it's okay to not be okay, and went on about how we're called to be holy and set apart, as we see in Second Peter nine and 10, uh, one nine and ten. But yet, it's oftentimes we lose track of that because Satan brings in all that negativity, and so we focus more on that. But then, even this opportunity to be bivocational vocational now, it it was crazy because during COVID, I felt like God was setting this up because during 2020 to to the end of 2021, I was working with Publix as well, working 35, 40 hours, because I'm a busybody. I could not stay at home, but it's like, it almost felt like God was preparing me to transition to do something like this, because here I am now working 40 hours a week with a pest control out of the Southeast, and uh, here we are maybe with this opportunity to sit down with the leadership and be like, hey, we'd love to serve your church, things like that, and their expectations are they laid a few things out and it's not. And it's just the thing where I've told my wife, it's like, okay, I can't go into this. Like I've used to have that mindset. Okay. It's part-time, but yet no ministry is not, or is part-time, but the reality is to go by their guidelines. And if there's anything we need to improve, we meet on and common ground and talk about it and move forward. So.
0: Yeah, no. And I, I definitely agree. I, I did have a question um, as far as what you said about, um, when you were in full-time ministry, you had this feeling that I'm sure listeners listening to this episode are like, yeah, I have this all the time. Um, but that feeling of like, man, I'm not doing enough. Like I'm not, I'm not earning my paycheck. I'm not like all this stuff. Why do you think that, why do you think that feeling exists? And how much of a toll does that have on youth uh, youth pastors uh, that are working, especially full-time? And I would honestly even say part-time because a lot of times even with the part-timers, they, they really feel like what they've thrown in isn't for quote unquote valuable. I I mean, it doesn't feel like the, the bang is worth the buck um, as far as that expression goes, but why do you think that is? Why do you think that we um, see the value in time, man, like time spent over like what we see as far as life change and planting those seeds, like you just said?
1: Man, I think the reality is, is we, we, we're busy people in general and we want to feel or do so much. And, but reality is even parents and the students are so busy themselves, but it's those opportunities. Okay. Besides Sunday morning worship and Sunday classes or opportunities like that and Sunday night worships and Wednesday midweek, what are we doing for them? So it's kind of, it makes me think, okay, is it, is it some sense of guilt or is it some sense of integrity or what? Because we, we all, I mean, we all as ministers beat ourselves up because we sometimes we don't feel like we're doing enough. But yet our parents are seeing it and they're saying, "Wow, y'all are doing a lot," you know, things like that. So I don't know if it's if it's guilt or what, you know.
0: Yeah, I I definitely have had moments where that has happened too. Um, and I had a pastor one time tell me he was like, "Why don't you be the model of unbusyness?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh." Like and immediately I felt guilty for even thinking that was an option Um, because it was like, oh, well, no, I, I have to like show that like I'm, I'm doing things and I have to have things that like people can measure my success off of and all this stuff. And he's like, why? He's like, your success, like your your measurement of success is the development of the students. He was like, I don't I don't care if you're a paper pusher. He was like, I want to see spirit. I want to see kids change. I want to see like you investing time in their relationships, and that does not have office hours. I want to see you developing your ability to speak to students. I want to see you develop you developing your ability to create relationships with those students, and ultimately pointing them towards Jesus. He was like, I don't, I don't care how well you can write a lesson, so to speak, he's like, I don't care if you use curriculum. He's like, I want you to use the time that you have effectively, but don't worry about quantity over quality. And I think a lot of times when we get into ministry, we have this idea of like ministry has to be this quantity of, we have to get so much stuff done. And that's where a lot of the stress and anxiety comes from. We have 70 different activities going on over the summer Um, when we shut down our normal weekly activities, or we keep those weekly activities going, and then we pile 50 things on top of those weekly activities that were keeping us busy the entire school year, and we call that normal. Um, and so I think part of the thing is we have to realize that part of being okay with not being okay is staring at ourselves in a mirror and saying, am I doing too much, (laughs) um, because uh, we had a guest on a couple months ago, Jerry Varner, and he said something that I'll never forget. He said, when you're planning your calendar, he said, your calendar should be more like a mirror and, than a map. Um, he was like, when you're looking at a calendar, he was like, I can tell your ideals, I can tell what you're focused on, and I can tell where your direction is off of seeing what you're, what is on your calendar more than what your plan- events are and what you're planning to do. He was like, I can see your priorities and where you put your time and efforts and focus in. Um, and it it was just one of those things, like when he said that, like I, your calendar should be a mirror more than a map. I was like, whoa, what, what a short statement that has such a powerful motive when it comes to ministry. And maybe that's one of the things that we really, really have to address when we come into the realm of it's okay to not be okay is like, you know, maybe we don't have to do everything. Maybe we don't have to have events and opportunities for ministry every waking moment that the students are out of school or every – whether it be summer or during the school year. Maybe maybe meeting once a week and being really, really intentional with the time that we have with our students is important because we know that those conversations are going to come on text message and phone and social media later as well, and those are just as important. So maybe you meeting with a student for coffee is just as important as that Wednesday night that you spent 10, 12 hours planning for, um, or all the extra games and events and activities that you're throwing in. Maybe we just need to be more intentional about finding those moments where um, relationships happen and lives are changed through the gospel. And I think ultimately when we focus on quality instead of quantity, we're going to get ourselves out of that rut of anxiety and being worried that we don't do enough because we begin to see the quality of our ministry and we don't fret over the quantity of it not being enough. Um, and so I rambled there for a second, but I, sorry. Um, but I, I do think that that's important because I, I think that at the end of the day, when you get down to it, a lot of the anxiety and, uh, mental health issues that a lot of pastors are facing are self-imposed. Um, like we, we put it on ourselves granted. Yes, there is that level of perfection that a lot of church members expect or think that we are. And that is something that you do have to battle. But at the same time, like, what are you doing to actively promote a style of like, Hey, I can handle what I can handle. And I know where that is. Um, and I think that's super important. And I think that you've said that throughout your, um, conversation as well. Um, and so if you could give advice to a youth pastor that is currently feels like they're under the weight of the world, uh, but has to keep up that level of perfection, or maybe to a new youth pastor that's just now getting into the game, these can be different answers if they are totally fine. Um, What would you say to them? What advice would you give?
1: I think it's okay to reach out to someone. It's okay to talk to someone. It's okay to even just like, I mean, just literally just I want to sit down with coffee, or can we talk about this? Or even if you've got a lead pastor role, somebody does, and or maybe another pastor you know, or minister or whatnot, maybe say, "Hey, let's just grab coffee. I need to talk to somebody." Or if or if they're in the same boat, just uh, just normalize conversations because it's it's going to be those things where you're walking through something and you may want to just shut down and not say anything, but yet it's better to talk about it and walk through it than it is to keep it uh, coddled inside of us. So.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I, great, great advice, great insight on, um, and hopefully something that's heard. Um, because I would say out of all of our episodes, this is one that probably, um, has the most of like, Oh, this is me factor. Um, like I, I fell victim to this because it's a, it's a worldwide pandemic of busyness. We're in a culture so much, regardless of where we live Where like, if you're not busy, you're not successful. Um, And busyness leads to stress and anxiety and depression and all those other things to where if you don't learn how to manage these things, you're not going to ever reach a place of mental health. Um, So we've had a couple, I've mentioned a couple different episodes that we've talked to on this. Um, if you're listening to this episode, I will have all of those episodes in the show notes where you can find them as well, or you can just go on Spotify or Apple or whatever you listen to us on and you can look up those episodes, um, yourself, but we've done a lot of conversations about this because we think it's a really, really important conversation to have. And it's one that plagues a lot of us. Um, and so super, super important. Um, do you have any last things to say to kind of wrap up and cover what you have said so far? Uh, I think
1: mentally, spiritually, and physically, we we run into the factor of when we're going through these stressful situations. Some of us stress eat. That's what I do sometimes. We turn into that. And uh, this is just a shameless plug, but we're doing a youth pastor fitness support group. If you need help losing some weight, we've got a group on Facebook for that. Or if you need just some motivation, or if you've done this, you've walked through a valley of some sort, and you want to encourage some more people. That's what we're doing in that group as well. We're just trying to encourage and and motivate through that. But real reality is we we turn stress into eating we turn stress into uh derogatory thoughts to ourselves we turn into anxiety and depression but god wants us to know that he knows our thoughts he knows our hearts and he knows our ways and he wants us to be able to transform it because in Ephesians 2:10 we're we're his masterpiece you know we his workmanship to begin with but we're a masterpiece by him and we need to allow ourselves to be seen as a masterpiece or as a work in progress every day and every day is a I love Bear Bryant's thing. I don't have the whole quote, but he says, e- "Each day is a new day. I will choose how I will use it, whether for good or for evil." And then the rest of it you can find on Google. But I can never remember the rest. So, but it's a powerful yeah. thing. So,
0: that's awesome. And the, and I think it also goes into the expression of like, "Rome wasn't built in a day, and Rome wasn't built by one person." And so, if you are a work of christ that is being built over time it's going to take more than one day and it's going to take more than you um and so with that be very very mindful if you're listening to this please reach out to people um you can always message us on this uh podcast we'd love to talk to you um you can reach out to colin join his facebook group we'll have all the details for that in the show notes as well um if you want to get involved in that and if either of these aren't get on facebook There are a hundred thousand different groups of youth pastors that are like just trying to create and build community. There's the big ones like download youth ministry and stuff. You can use, um, youthmen.org, all those, but then there's others that are just small and regionally connected. Um, we've done, we've done an episode with, uh, Travis Deans from the national network of youth ministries. You can go to their website, um, which will also be in the show notes. And you can literally connect with youth pastors in your region. Um, At very least, go to the church that's next to you and be like, hey, I don't know if I've met the youth pastor there. I'm going to go meet them or find out who the youth pastors are in your community and start that opportunity for growth together um, and be the be the light for change in that matter. But I do think it's important, like Colin has said time and time again in this, you are not alone. You have to reach out to people. Um, And if you are not doing that, then the first step has to be that because accountability and having that network and that community of people around you is, if not the, I mean, it's it's the most important thing outside of Jesus. I mean, obviously the relationship with Jesus comes first and foremost, and we want you to stay encouraged and stay plugged into what God has for you. But having and surrounding yourself with like-minded people um, that are also going to push you to be better um, in everything you do for the sake of what Jesus has called you to do um, is super super important. So, lastly, how can people connect with you if they would like to reach out on social media or email or anything like that?
1: Uh, we're we're on Facebook. I've got a follow page. Colin Little Twenty Six. Colin A Little is our Facebook. We're on TikTok. We, we're the little bunch. My wife and I have it on there. We haven't really, we've got about 5k followers are tending to do that motivational and things through there. And then I'm on Instagram. I use that column little 26 too. So uh, we're working on YouTube, working on their avenues, but I'm a little bit of a chicken right now when it comes to uh, YouTube and streaming. So.
0: Hey, it, it works. And the thing is, is once you do it, you get better at it and you keep going. Um, I go back and listen to the first couple episodes of this podcast every now and then. And I'm like, man, I was a completely different person. It's it's amazing what happens when you just start developing the craft of what you do um, and practicing it. Um, and so, man, good luck with all your efforts. Um, if you're interested in anything that Colin has said or done with his Facebook group um, for... Uh, fitness and weight loss or anything like that, um, definitely check those out. Like I said, they'll be in the show notes on our website, studentministryconversations.org. Colin's episode will be posted. If If you're listening to this after it's been posted and it's not on that front page, you can click the search icon at the top of our website and just type in Colin Little, and it'll bring you directly to his episode where you can find all the links and details for all of this. But, um, Colin, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for reaching out. um, Colin is one of the many people now that have um we say this every single episode um where if you wanna be on the show, we want you on the show. um literally, we do not want to be the ones talking. We want to be the ones listening. um, and we have had many, many great um and insightful voices when it comes to ministry on this show. Um, and that's kind of the bread and butter of what we do. We believe that every youth pastor has a voice and everybody has something that we can learn from. And so if you're listening to this and you want to be on the show, um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can reach out to us on social media at talk student men Or you can send us an email, podcast at studentministryconversations.org, and we would love to set up a time for you to come on the show. But um, also, if you're a frequent listener and you don't want to be on the show, all we ask is that you share episodes to get us out to the greater student ministry audience. You can tag this episode if it stood out to you or any of the other episodes we have. Um, Tag us um in that post though at talk student man as we'd love to be a part of the conversation that you have with the people that you follow and are with on social media until then colin it has been fantastic thank you sir for taking time out of your work day um parking in a parking lot and uh man taking a moment just to share your wisdom and insight so much fun great conversation that needs to be heard time and time and time again Um, and we're excited for listeners to hear this one, but until next time, if you're listening to us, we hope you have a great week. We hope that you are encouraged, equipped and inspired, um, and we will see you next week.